Uh, frankly, I'm thrilled to be able to have a little bit more freedom and to be able to move around without being trapped in a mask. And yet, if we're not careful, we can move forward in the days ahead and wear more masks than ever before. Thanks for tuning in to the Putnam City Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message encourages you wherever you might be. If you'd like to learn more about PCBC, visit us online at pcbc.tv. Now, here's Pastor Bill. Never thought I'd be preaching a sermon series that had so many meanings as lose the mask. We continue to walk one-on-one with God, and we will continue every day we're on this planet till Jesus comes back to pursue someone with the gospel. But I felt like in, in, in the season that we're in as a city, as a nation, as a world, that we need to look at this concept of losing the masks. July 17th, 2020, there was a citywide mandate that was issued that would begin our journey to daily have to and be required to wear masks to live in this city. That mandate ended on Friday, April the 30th, and people are still wearing masks. Now, that's not a political statement. That's not a personal preference. Quite frankly, as we go through this, there will be times where there will be a need for somebody to wear a mask medically. Uh, to protect their health or whatever might be. And there will be some who won't need to wear a medical mask. But I'm not going there, as you well know. I'm going deeper than that. Because we can take off a medical mask and still find a bigger problem. Uh, Frankly, I'm thrilled to be able to have a little bit more freedom and to be able to move around without being trapped in a mask. And yet, if we're not careful, we can move forward in the days ahead and wear more masks than ever before. And so I want to dig into Scripture today and realize that throughout human history, human beings have been masking their identity from the very beginning of time. It's time that we lose the masks. I'll be the first one to get us started. It isn't easy to take off the mask. It isn't easy to reveal your true identity. And so I'll confess today, I need you to know this, I am Batman, all right? If you don't believe me, I'm coming clean. I am Batman, all right? So let's just get transparent while we're at it, and let's dig in, and let's be who we really are. During COVID, we were encouraged to wear masks to protect others from catching a virus from from us. But before COVID, before medical masks ever became the issue, we wore masks to protect others from knowing something about us. I hope that as we go through this time, we can learn that it's time to lose the masks, to reject the plastic, and to be authentic. I did some research on masks. Wikipedia uh, gives a little bit of background. The word mask appeared in English in the 1530s from a French word meaning covering or guarding the face. As we talk about these masks, that's the coverings we put on. It's the face guards covering and putting on a new face or a different face. History records that you can find masks among any people group of any generation anywhere on this planet. You'll find masks, literal masks, ceremonial masks, victorious masks, all kinds of masks that are worn, even in religious ceremonies and celebrations and festivals. There was a famous mask wearer, El Santo. That translates the saint. This is El Santo right here, one of the first ever masked wrestlers. Now, the reason I highlight this guy, there have been a lot of masked wrestlers throughout uh, history, but El Santo is worldwide famous. He wrestled until he was 65 years old. 
He is a legend in Mexico. He produced 50 films. El Santo would take on vampires, Frankenstein's daughter, aliens, and any kind of evil that existed in the world, and he was famous. He lived in that mask. He lived every day in that mask. Matter of fact, at the end, he died just a few years after he retired from wrestling. Largest funeral in Mexico's history, at least one of them, and you guessed it, he was buried in his mask. Spent a lifetime masked up, and so many of us fall in the same trap as El Santo. We too, the saints of God, can have our own masks. They may not be as clearly identifiable as what you see on El Santo, but we all struggle putting on the masks. Let me show you the genesis of the mask, not from Wikipedia's perspective, but from Scripture. So if we're going to talk about the genesis of maps, uh, masks, the beginnings, go to Genesis. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 3. First human beings placed on this planet without a sin nature in a paradise had no reason to walk around in mass. They walked around in the glory of God, the Shekinah glory. They were created in his image. They were perfect without sin. And they walked with God daily. And they walked in an authentic relationship with God. Then we get to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 4. And it says that the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die. Now, we're picking up. God had instructed Adam when he created him that he was to enjoy paradise, enjoy all of his creation and God's design for his life. But there was one tree he was not to eat from. If he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he would die. Well, Satan came along and began to play uh, head games, just like he does with you and me. He did with the very first human beings, Adam and Eve. And he said to the woman, you're not going to die. For God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. You'll become like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and she ate. And she gave some to her husband with her and he ate. The eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and they made themselves waist coverings. So we dig in on this familiar story. Maybe you didn't see masks in this story. As you go back and you look at, at how all of this turned into one big mess, it's because Adam and Eve listened to the wrong voice. And because they lived according to the desires of their heart and not the desires of God's heart, they invited sin into the equation. And from the very beginning of time, the enemy of our souls has tried to rob us of our true identity. Understanding why we were created and what God's will is for our lives. And now we carry around IDs, sources of identification, to prove we are who we say we are. And yet so many of us str struggle with our true identity. We were created to be image bearers, image bearers of a holy God. We were created as God's children, holy and pure and to reflect the glory of God in all the earth. And then we gave up our identity. Go back and look at it again, and let's watch how that happened. Verse 5, Satan's lie, for God knows that the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll become like God, knowing good and evil. He begins by getting them to question God, God's goodness that we sang about just a little while ago, God's holy will, God's justice, God's perfection. 
And he begins to get them to question, who is God? And is God really fair? And does God really love you? You may be wrestling with some of those questions in your head. He got them convinced that God was withholding something from them. That he was limiting them and boxing them in. And and he just didn't want them to be equal with him. He was on some kind of a power trip. And so he's playing all these head games. God isn't fair. God has an agenda. God doesn't want you to enjoy things. You've heard the arguments. You've heard the lies. And as he begins to get them to question God, they begin to question themselves. They begin to wonder, well, maybe I could be even better if I had some of that. Maybe, maybe I'm not good enough for God. Now, as they take of the fruit, he lies even harder. He gets them to believe that, that they need something to be more complete. Maybe you're wrestling with that as well. Well, they listened to the wrong voice. They did what was pleasing to their eyes, and they sinned. Look at the result, verse 7. The eyes of both of them were open. They knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. You see, when we choose the lies of the enemy, we always find destruction and death. God warned them. He said, if you eat from this, you will die. Now, Satan told a half-truth. They wouldn't physically die in that moment, although they will later. In that moment, they spiritually died. There are three dimensions as we're created in God's image. The physical, the soul, which represents the mind, the emotions, and the feelings, and the spirit. In that moment, the spirit of man died. They were now spiritually dead. Why did they all of a sudden realize they were naked? Because the righteousness of God that covered them was now gone. It was now dead, and all that was left was natural, simple man. They realized, we got a problem. We lost our holy coverings. And so rather than running to God in transparency, rather than becoming authentic with God and saying, God, we sinned, they listened to the condemning voice of the enemy and said, we are no longer eligible for God's love. We're no longer worthy. We've got to go hide from God and we've got to put on a mask. It wasn't made with latex or rubber. Is made with fig leaves and it's the very first mask and as a result of this very first masking we have struggled with it ever since we find it difficult to be honest transparent and authentic it's a struggle for all of us we deal with the guilt and the shame and the anxiety and that's exactly what we see in the first mask they were trying to cover it up And they were trying to uh, identify at least like they used to be or at least better than they knew they were, masking their identity. Well, here's a little reality check for everyone in the room. The reality check, let's take off the plastic this morning. Let's get transparent. Here's the reality check. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, you can look to the right. You can look to the left. You can look behind you. You can look in front of you, but you better look in the mirror. Because if you want to look around, you can find mess everywhere. But if we're honest, we are a mess in need of God's transformational grace. Let's just be transparent. Let's don't try to come in here and act like, man, all is perfect, all is great. We got this. No, we are a work in progress. By the way, in case you needed a little reminder from God's word, he calls us God's sheep. Now, that's better than a goat. Thank you, Jesus. We got an upgrade. Uh, we used to be stubborn goats. Now we are stubborn sheep. 
We are all God's creation, a new creation. But if you know much about sheep, as we've talked about before, sheep are still sheep. Sheep have their issues, and sheep need the shepherd. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. But we are being perfected. So why do we walk around trying to look perfect, act perfect, trying to uh, paint a picture of perfection when we need to be authentic and say, man, I just need a perfect God to work on me. Can we take off the masks? Let's quit living plastic testimonies. Let's lose the mask and be transparent in our testimonies. Let's be true to who we are. Now, we're not sinners, but we are saints. Anybody feel like a saint this morning? That's who you are in Christ. That's your identity. Now, do we struggle falling short of God's glory? Yes, but, but why don't we see ourselves as God sees us? Why do we have to mask up and try to act like we're a saint rather than being the saint that we are and let God do what God does, perfect us into his image? Why can't we, in our transformational process and our growth and our journey with God, still understand that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, that we are the children of God, that we are more than conquerors, but that we are a work in progress. Adam and Eve, instead of running to God and declaring, man, Lord, we have sinned. We're naked. Lord, forgive us. They went and hid from God, and they masked up. I wonder how many people today are hiding, hiding from God as if you can. You can't hide from God. And yet we try. You can't cover it up and you can't mask it up and you can't paint it up and you can't fix it up. Why can't we just walk transparently into the presence of God, submit who we are? We are clay, but God, you're the potter. And Lord, I'm marred. I'm messed up. But God, I want to be an instrument of grace. God, transform me into your image. It's a challenge. It wasn't just a challenge from the beginning of time. It was even a challenge in the beginning of the New Testament church. If you have your Bibles, go over to Acts chapter 4 this morning. Acts chapter 4 and verse 32. We've studied a lot of this, especially on Wednesday nights as Brother Sean took us through the seven uh, habits of a healthy church. We looked at this uh, dawning, this birth, the genesis of the church alive in the world the light that was to be cast into darkness. And we get into verse 32, Acts chapter 4, and we find masks are still showing up, even in the church. Did you know that? You can find masks even at church. The congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. Not one of them claimed that anything belonged to himself or was his own, but all things were common property to them. A lot of people, uh, Bible scholars, have said that Jesus had prophesied that Jerusalem would be destroyed and that when they would see that, that they were to immediately get out of town, duh. And so many of them lived with the reality. They thought, and sure enough, in 70 AD, we see Jerusalem becoming toast. And so many of them, one, they had to sell things because they couldn't go buy things. They were blackballed in the economic system of their town. They had to do it practically, but they also had a spiritual cause. But they came together as one body, and they were taking care of each other. And verse 33 says, With great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And abundant grace was upon them all. For there was not a needy person among them, 
For all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales. They would lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each to the extent that any had need. You read this, and you go, man, I could sign up for that church. Wow, what a perfect church. Is there such a thing as a perfect church? No, we know there's no such thing as a perfect church. But boy, it sure looks good, doesn't it? And I would guard and I would challenge you to guard against trashing the church. Now, there are certain reasons the church should be held accountable. There are times when uh, any uh, fellowship can step out of bounds or any person within a church body can disappoint you or step out of bounds. There should be holy accountability. But don't trash on the church. That's God's bride. The church is the bride of Christ. Do we need to be transformed? Yes. Do we need to be more authentic? Yes. Do we need to remove masks? Yes. So there's no such thing as a perfect church. Well, that sure looks perfect to me. Verse 36. Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles. Now you find Barnabas, which translated means son of encouragement. He owned a tract of land, so he sold it, and he brought the money, and he laid it at the apostles' feet. We're introduced to one of many who was selling their property and engaging, but Barnabas seemed to excel in this grace-giving. This man who was birthed as Joseph is now labeled by the apostles as Barnabas. And you've heard a lot of stories and sermons about Barnabas, the son of encouragement. But here we find our first taste of Barnabas's ministry, and it was encouraging those who were hurting, who were down and out, and he gave out of his abundance to meet the need of their lack of abundance. He was an encourager, a transparent believer who was passionate about his Lord, passionate about his new life in Christ, passionate about his stewardship, and passionate about his brothers and sisters in Christ. And he just lived an authentic life of encouragement. Was he perfect? No. Did he have his struggles? Yes. But he sought to live out an authentic faith. But now we find a contrast. Go to Acts chapter 5 and verse 1. There was Barnabas, but then there was Ananias. Two brothers living in the same fellowship, the same community. Both have been transformed by God's grace. One was transparent and one was wearing a mask. Take a look at it. But a man named Ananias with his wife, Sapphira, sold a piece of property. And they kept back some of the proceeds for himself with his wife's full knowledge. And bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain yours? And after it sold, was that also those funds not under your control? Why is it that you've conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but you have lied to God. We look in on Acts chapter 5, and the church in its infancy, from the very birthing point, struggled with masks. We find that there were those who were authentic and transparent, still being transformed, not perfect by any means, but being authentic. And then you find this struggle. It's real, not just for Ananias and Sapphira. It's a struggle for each and every one of us to play church, to play along, 
to look good and to get along. To desire to be at a place where maybe somebody else has arrived in their walk with God and we manufacture supposed godliness, but it's artificial fruit. That's what we see in Ananias. He was looking the part, but the church, while they were not perfect, they were being perfected and they were being purified and they were being purged. Barnabas rejected playing church. He just wanted to be the church, authentic. Ananias and Sapphira settled for plastic, just like artificial turf. Man, if you've ever, ever gone out there and looked at artificial turf and you have a big old roll of it going on at Home Depot and it can be the greenest thing in the whole building. You can look at it from a distance and man, it looks so good and it looks so great and you can drop it out in the backyard, but it's plastic. It's fake. And it may look good from a distance, but it's not the real deal. Ananias and Sapphira saw all the attention Barnabas was getting and others were getting. And so they said, well, man, we got to step it up, man. We, we, we need to go there. And so they, they, they hear from the Holy Spirit they needed to participate. But they had a struggle in their heart. And instead of being transparent with that, instead of going to Peter and saying, Peter, right now we're just at a place and, and this is the gift we'd like to give, they tried to look like a Barnabas. Oh, we sold our property and sacrificially we want to lay this down. They were playing church. Now, what do we learn from this? The reality is we don't need to try to compare ourselves to anybody else in the room. We don't need to try to be like a Barnabas or a Peter or anyone else that you maybe even uh, look to and is an encouragement to you in your faith. You and you alone are responsible for your journey and accountable to your God who began a good work in you and desires to complete it. So just be who you are, but don't stay where you are. Don't try to manufacture godliness. Let God produce the godliness. Let us come together and let us be a family of faith at all different kinds of maturity levels and all kinds of struggles and simply let God do what God does. Let's don't do what we do on Facebook. You ever see anybody post a real picture on Facebook? It's always staged. It's always the brightest moment. It's always the best of times. I've never, well, occasionally I'll see a few people who will post the first picture straight out of bed. I don't recommend it. I don't do it. Matter of fact, I don't even go to Facebook because I don't want to even, even live there. But how easy it is to paint this perfect world of all that is well and all that is good. And we don't see all the pictures and all the realities. I pray that we will go through this season and that we will let God so humble us that we will let God transform us through transparency. That we could be a body of believers that will allow each other to let God craft us into his image instead of us trying to be like your image or someone else's image. Or to feel the need to put on that mask to try to look like something we currently are. I hope like Acts chapter 4 we can live in harmony together. That we can live side by side, the Barnabases and the Ananiases, and all that we can let God grow us each and every day in his image. And if you are struggling, and we all are, 
If you feel a need to wear a mask in this moment, in this time, I hope that the church is the first place you would turn to. And yet people's testimony would say, man, I just didn't feel like I could come to my church. Uh, If they knew who I was, if they knew what I was struggling with, uh, they wouldn't love me, they wouldn't accept me, I wouldn't fit. Are you kidding me? Clay belongs with clay. We belong together. Sheep hang out with sheep. Don't go running to the goats. That's what people do. They turn to a bar. They turn to a bottle. They turn to some pills. They turn everywhere and anywhere but where we should be, that body of believers allowing God to transform us in his image. It's time we lose the masks. As we go back and we look at the story, let's watch, let's watch how we do that. Go back to verse 1 again, Acts chapter 5. This man, Ananias, his wife, they sold this property. They kept back some of the proceeds for themselves, and with his wife's full knowledge, they brought a portion of it and laid it down at the feet of the apostles. We look at this and we find this struggle, this premeditated sin, this this predetermined desire to do what they wanted to do, knowing it wasn't right, but wanting to mask it and look right. Is there a game going on in your soul right now, wrestling, knowing what is right, but figuring out a way to mask it? Then you know it's wrong. You don't have to mask God. You don't have to mask his glory. You have to mask that which is sinful. They determined beforehand with full knowledge to represent the opposite of their true hearts. Instead of coming and saying, you know, we just, we're not quite there yet, Peter, but we want to at least give a gift, be honest, be transparent. Instead, they chose hypocrisy. What is hypocrisy? A church is always being accused, oh, y'all are just a bunch of hypocrites because we all fall short of God's glory. They think that we think we're perfect. No, we're not perfect. We are being perfected. That means we aren't perfect. But there's a difference between falling short of God's glory and allowing God to transform you and being a hypocrite. You see, a hypocrite is one who falsely, let me just give you the definition for it, is a deliberate deception trying to make people think we are more spiritual than we are. That is hypocrisy. And that's exactly what we saw. So number one, here's your principle. How do we take off the mask? Number one, you have to determine to do what is righteous. Righteous. Verse 3. So Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? To keep back some of the proceeds of the land while it remained unsold. Did it not remain yours? Why then have you conceived this deed in your heart? You've not lied to men but to God. Peter said it's not an outward thing that's the issue. It's a heart thing. This happened in your heart. So I would tell you the other way we lose the mask is to get transparent and to guard the heart, to protect it from the lies of the enemy, to protect it from this reality that we struggle with, that I need to look good rather than just be who God has me to be at this point and to grow into his glory. And so the next principle is we need to, be, we need to determine to be authentic with God and with others. Again, Peter says, you're lying, not only to yourself. You really aren't even lying to us, Ananias. You're lying to God. You're lying to the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that was leading people to sacrificially give in that moment. 
It was the Holy Spirit that spoke to Ananias and Sapphira and said, you need to participate. You've been blessed. You need to bless others. And they took what the Holy Spirit was speaking into their heart and they turned it into plastic obedience. They masked the reality of the moment and they missed God in it. And I would say this to you. If we don't take off the masks, God will. Look at verse 5. And as he heard these words, Ananias collapsed and died. Great fear came over all who had heard about it. The young men got up, and they covered him up, and after carrying him out, they buried him. Verse 7, after an hour, about three hours elapsed, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. She played along, the same fake testimony. Peter responded back to her as well, and tell me whether you sold the land for this price. She said, yep, that's it. Peter said to her, why is it that you've agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out as well. And immediately she clapped at his feet and died, and the young men came in and found her dead. They carried her out and buried her beside her husband. You say, wow, that's, that's pretty harsh. Holy cow, some people are starting, their heart's starting to pump. Man, that could be me right now. I could go down. There's a lot to unpack here, and I don't have enough time to delve into all of that, but we know this. The wages of sin is? The wages of sin always produces destruction and death, and that's why the enemy loves to bring it. He is the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Verse 12. When we we lose the mass, though, what happened was there was a purification that happened in that moment. People understood, let's just be authentic Let's live like Barnabas. I don't want to live like Ananias. Let's lose the masks. And look at verse 12. At the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people. They were all together in Solomon's portico, but none of the rest dared to associate with them. However, the people held them in high esteem. Verse 14, watch this. And increasingly, believers in the Lord, large numbers of men and women, their ones, Hundreds and thousands of ones were drawn to this authentic faith. Not the plastic, not the masks. They were drawn to the real deal. People with real struggles, but a real Savior. People with real hurts, but had experienced real healing. People who had no provisions, and yet they saw God meet every one of their needs according to his riches and glory. People were drawn to those who had lost the masks. But remember those first masks? We see the results when we lose the masks. But let me take you back and let me show you again how you really lose the mask. Go back to Genesis where we started, and we'll close with this. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. You remember Adam and Eve have now put on the mask. They thought that this is the way that you're supposed to live now. At least try to look like you should look. Cover up the problems. Cover up the mess. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walk in the garden. Uh Uh-oh! Here comes God. The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. I wonder who's in church who's viewing online but hiding from God. That's real smart, isn't it? God who knows all things, sees all things. You can hide from him, good luck. So there they were, hiding from the presence of the Lord among the trees. There's this distance, there's this gap. And look at verse 9. The Lord God 
pulled out. My mom had one of these sorority boards, Satan's torture tool. Brutal, man. That's how we got our spankings. Don't you know they're fixing to get a whooping? They're fixing to get some discipline, right? And the Lord shows up and called to the man. He said, where are you, Adam? And Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And God said, who told you that you were naked? See, Satan had convinced them that they had to put on masks. Satan convinced them, you need to distance yourself from God. You need to go and hide. You are a shameful disappointment. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like you let God down? I need to cover up my mess. I need to to quit going to church because, man, I would just be a hypocrite. No, that's exactly where we gather. That's exact. We need to be in the presence of God. We need to fellowship together, and we need to be together in this journey of faith. But instead, we distance ourselves because we don't look like God anymore. We're not worthy. We're naked. But what did God do? God didn't say, hey, guys, clean it up. Hey, guys, lose the mask. He helped them get transparent. What did he do? Number one, he came to them. God is coming to you today, and he wants to speak love and grace in your life. That's exactly what he spoke into their life. He also identified their real issue. He said, you're listening to the wrong voice. Who told you you're naked? Quit listening to the lies of the enemy. Come to me, the one who loves you. And he called them out from their hiding, and they came out in that moment, and they got transparent with God, and God did the rest. Look at verse 21. He then spoke forgiveness and grace into their plastic lives. Look at it. The Lord God made garments, a holy covering, not a plastic mask, not a fake work of man's hands, but he gave them a new covering. He made garments of skin. Where did that skin come from? An innocent critter. I believe it was a lamb that would foreshadow the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And they had some new... Remember we used to wear white suits, gentlemen? Remember those days? Oh, not even as clean as Adam was that day. He had a new white suit. He was covered by provision of God. Not something he had manufactured, not something he produced, but he just got transparent and said, God, I'm a naked man in my sin. God, cover me. And he will. Pray with me with every head bowed and every eye closed. Feel free, if you need to wear a medical mask, keep that mask on. But all other masks are nothing but plastic forgeries designed to keep us from where we need to be and where God has taken us. It's time to lose the masks. There may be somebody here this morning, you need to lose the mask of of being a good church person. I've heard before of, of deacons who have come forward in church services finally declaring, you know, I grew up around religion, but I never had a relationship with the Savior. Now, I'm not saying that on any of our deacons. I'm just saying it can get that transparent and that real. And I know in a service at this hour that there are many of you who've walked with God for a long time. Is it a true walk? Or do we need to lose some masks? You say, how do I do that? It's called confession. It's called coming clean. Exactly what Adam did in the garden. He came out and met with God and said, God, I've hidden from you and I have covered my sin. And God, I just need to get real. I wonder today, is there somebody who needs to get real with God?
Is there someone who needs a Savior? Whether that's online or in this very room, you need to acknowledge, no, I'm lost in my sin. I'm a sinner. If I died right now in my sin, I'd be separated from a holy God, not because he doesn't love me, but because of my unholy sin. I need forgiveness. I need God's covering. I need new clothes. I need the righteousness of Christ. I need to be saved. The one who died for our sins, the one who was buried in a tomb and rose from the dead is the very one that puts a new skin on you. Lose the mask and receive his righteousness. So how do I do that? You call in the name of the Lord. Dear Lord, I need you. Dear Lord, I need a new life. God, I give you my old life and I receive the new life, a new heart, your forgiveness and your grace. If you would pray that right now, the Bible says you will become a new person. You will now be born spiritually. The Heavenly Father will birth you into his kingdom as you pray that prayer. So if you've prayed this morning, I want you to reach out. There will be ministers here at the front. You can come to one of them and take them by the hand. If you're online, you can email us at ministry at pcbc.tv. If you have questions, you can communicate on a communication card. We will privately, either by email or phone or come to your home, however you choose. We'd love to minister to your questions. If you want to bring them right here to the front to one of our staff, you can say, hey, could you explain this to me more? We'd love to share with you in this very moment. I'm going to ask our staff to go ahead and make their ways here to the front. But as they're making their way, there are those who know the Lord, walk with the Lord just like Adam and Eve, but you've settled for plastic and masks. Maybe you need to, to right now just get honest and transparent with God before we leave this place and lose it, lose the plastic and say, God, here it is. But God, change me. Transform me into your image. God, I just want to get back to an authentic faith. Maybe you need a church family and a church home. Maybe you have another spiritual need, whatever that might be. Our ministers are standing here. I want to pray for you. And when I'm done praying, we'll stand together and you come. Father, for all these that are hearing your voice, God, may they follow you with the first step of obedience. Call them home, Lord, just like you did Adam and Eve to come out of their hiding and to experience your perfect will. God, call them out in Jesus' name. Thank you for spending time with our church family. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, visit us online at pcbc.tv. There you can also contact us and find out how to connect with us through social media channels. And visit pcbc.tv podcast to listen to additional messages from Putnam City Baptist Church.